The Big Light presents Hello, I'm Sean McDonald. You're listening to Blethered, and my guest is Jen Rippard. I interviewed filmmaker Duncan Cowles about his BBC Scotland documentary series Scary Adult Things, where he examines what makes a successful real-life adult. The short answer is there's no such thing. You define your own success by how happy you are, and his series puts that point across brilliantly. Well, this episode is a supplementary follow-up to that. Jen moved to Australia a few years back and then went on to travel around Italy and work there as well. And she's got a keen sense for getting out into the world. So we discussed the excitement and adventure in life, being true to yourself and what you really want to get out of your days, and some funny stories for Jen's time working on farms in Australia and Italy. And as always, loads more. If you enjoyed this episode, then feel free to share it because it's a great help. This episode is brought to you by Debt Experts Don't Fret About Debt. If you're struggling with debt and you'd like a free chat with an impartial advisor to discuss your options or to see how you can lower your monthly repayments towards debt, then visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net forward slash blethered. And you can also listen to my episode with Don't Fret About Debt's senior debt advisor, Tommy Gallagher, where we discuss taking back control of your debt and the various solutions that are available. Don't Fret About Debt offer all statutory debt solutions in Scotland, helping you make an informed choice that's right for you. Free advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. So if you've heard the interview with Duncan Cowles, the documentary maker and filmmaker of Scary Adult Things, which is available on BBC iPlayer, I recommend that you watch it. He's basically explored the whole concept of where should you be in life? You know, should you have a mortgage by 30? Should you have moved out at a certain point? Should you have kids? Should you have this? Should you have that? And the whole point of the conversation that we had and the documentary was to basically examine that and highlight, no, you shouldn't. You should just do your own thing. Uh, you should do whatever you fancy. Now, I'm going to shut up because I've got somebody here who's done their own thing at a certain point. <laughs> You're looking awfully nervous, Jen, but thanks very much for, for coming in. No problem. Uh, so... We're going to talk about travel, up and leaving, kind of doing what you want on your own terms, but tell you, give us a wee, and I won't ask you to go into too much detail, but just so people know who they're listening to or who I'm speaking to, give me just a, a wee 10 second background on who you are. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jennifer, and because I don't know what I'm doing with my life, I just like to travel to different countries. Right, that's, <laughs> that's exactly what I want to talk about. I feel like, oh, I've just dropped my, dropped my cap from my bottle. Um... I feel like there's an enjoyment or I get an enjoyment of living vicariously vicariously through somebody else. Yeah. So even though I, I, I'm fortunate enough to go places, I still get a buzz out of hearing where other people have been. And you're saying you've not got a clue what you're doing with your life, but that that is not to jump straight into it, but that's what you're doing with your life. You're yeah, just enjoying it. I know, but I see a lot of my friends like know they're engaged mm-hmm. got houses have kids and long-term relationships and i feel that they probably look at me and think what the fuck are you doing with your life see there may be that to a degree and and it sounds like it sounds terrible to say this but i sometimes look at people that are doing things different for me and i think what the fuck are you doing yeah and they look at me or they look yeah, at you and no, think the I same know that everyone's different like obviously no offense to anyone that 
like their life is like this, but see people that are like settled, engaged in the same like relationship that they've been in since school. Like to me, that is my idea of hell. But I know for some people that is like their goal, their dream. But mm-hmm. that's just not me. Like we're just kind of like everyone's different. We're getting to the conclusion. We're only like two minutes in, but we're getting to the conclusion that everybody is after something different. Yeah, and, it, and, it's, and that's totally fine. That's what makes the world go round. Exactly. You know? it was, it's absurd to think that everybody should want the same things as you. And that's why I right, like you're right saying there, and, and I would like to say it as well, I won't even say what, what I think would be, oh, no, that's not for me. But I would like to say I no offence to anybody whose life is different from mine, and I don't take offence that you don't particularly... Um, would would like to I would say what strive to have the same life that I've got yeah. because we're all motivated and pushed by different things. Um well there we go. Thanks very much for listening. Um <laughs> we <we've, laughs> basically just that's it. That was all that's we wanted. That's it? all we wanted to get across. Like enjoy yourselves and uh, catch us for another episode of Weatherton. <laughs> no, um that's that's kinda what I spoke about with, with Duncan. Uh and again if you've not heard it I mean, it's more so Duncan talking so you don't have to listen to me rambling pish. Um, but we kind of get to the root of that, that everybody is, you're on your own path. Yeah. And everybody else is a, a, is on their own path. And we don't all have to, there are like certain societal expectations that married by 30 or yeah. mortgaged by 28 or, or kids on the way at this point. And everybody kind of gets to to their own um milestones I suppose yeah. just kind of when, whenever you're ready um, we'll talk about your sort of first so you went to Australia in 2017 yeah like talk me through that because that is a huge that is a although it's a common well, it's, it's both a lot co- of people do it <laughs> a, a lot of people do it right but in yeah. the grand scheme of the whole population not that many people do it because yeah. it is upping and leaving and, and going to the other side of the world well talk me through what motivated you to do that in the first place Um. well I don't know if this was a factor that motivated me to go, but my mum and dad met in Australia. Right. Um, so they would always talk that was the best year of their life. Mm-hmm. So, as you know, I've told uh, you, my dad's from England. Yeah. And um, mum's from Inverness. And they met in a hostel in Brisbane. And then obviously back then, like, you know, you didn't have phones to, you know, be able to contact them again. And then they met in a different hostel mm-hmm. somewhere completely different. Obviously, Australia's massive. Um, and then they just stayed together ever since. So... I don't know if that... Just, like, planted a seed to where you're thinking... Yeah, and they would. They said, like, that was the best year of their life if they could go back. So, I guess I just decided, right, I'm doing it. And did they back you? Were they like, I go for it, go and yeah, do it? Yeah, uh-huh. Like, I'm lucky that way that they've always been really, you know, supportive and just, like, go and do it. Like, mm-hmm. you'll not regret it. And what, what's that like then when you first go? Because I have, like, a skewed understanding of what the whole experience is because some people I see and I'm like oh wow they're in the gold coast or these Whitsunday islands that I was mm-hmm. talking about earlier but other times I'm like this guy's a fucking slave on a farm <laughs> so like yeah. how does that work? Um, well you've probably seen that because if you want to stay for a second year you need to do three months of regional farm work so how mental is that? I know it kind of um, is clever though for like yeah, free labour exactly well aye. Um but yeah, so I started off in Perth, which most people go to like Melbourne or Sydney because that's like the popular places. But mm-hmm. I think I actually went to Perth because it was the cheapest flight because <laughs> it's closer. Uh, yeah. So I went there and then um, did a West Coast road trip with just like three random girls. And see, looking back at some of the things I'd done, like, you know, I literally messaged these girls on Facebook. They're in a backpackers Facebook 
Facebook page mm-hmm. and you know you would just say oh we want to go here and we all got together like I met them on the day of the trip and I'm like mm-hmm. we could have been anyone Aye. like the stuff that I did I was quite ballsy back then I don't know if I would still do it now but because I suppose like you're out of your comfort zone and that is it's like the most predictable comment to make but you're out of your comfort zone and you have to try and create your own comfort or your yeah. own stability or your own network or whatever so you like I would never just message and I'm sure you wouldn't just message three randoms here and go yeah. here do you want to go and do that North Coast 500 to be like <laughs> what <laughs> yeah. no that is the thing like the things that I did over there I wouldn't do here like I would go to a bar myself. Um, I think like I, I went to a festival with three guys, like just randomly off of Facebook that were mm-hmm. going. I seen that they were going. I said, "Can I come with you?" And I'm like, "I would never do that back here." Like, mm-hmm. But you've not got a choice because if you don't ask, then you can't go. Yeah, that's do, true. Do you think when you went, did you feel like you? Oh, I'm, I'm actually cringing at the thought of saying this, right? <laughs> but did you feel like you really? started to grow as a person in a way yeah. that you just had never expected you could yeah it is so cliche to say it but like you do completely change and you find yourself like Aye. I hate saying that but it's it's amazing it's, it's I would reckon like I would say to everyone please go and travel uh-huh. especially yourself because you do learn a lot about yourself it's like you're you're more of an extrovert in a sense that I don't know whether it's your approach because like if you go somewhere with one or two or three other people you stay in your own wee group yeah. you're huddled together even yeah. if it's out on a night out or whatever whereas if you're by yourself you're kind of outward looking yeah and you're like forced to make friends sorry I just kicked your foot there I thought that <laughs> was the, thought that was the table <laughs> yeah no you're you're forced to like go and speak to people like I would never usually do that yeah. just sitting at a bar and just randomly start speaking to someone but did that's have, what I love about it did you have a plan did you just turn up with loads of money and just think well not loads of money but <laughs> I, I like a chunk of money and just I, like, I'll yeah. just enjoy this no I don't like making plans because I always think like you could get to somewhere and really like that place and want to stay or meet people who yeah. you maybe want to tag along with for a bit yeah. so I hate making plans in have, that way have you ever seen that film Yes Man with Jim Carrey I feel like I must have, tell it's, me. It's, so he's like, he's um, a real pessimist, half glass empty kind of guy, and then he goes to this seminar, and the seminar, like some ad guru, and he's like, for one year, say yes to everything you get asked. Right, okay. Because what you're then doing is you're opening a door, whereas every time you say no, then you're just closing, or you're yeah. keeping the door closed, and it's like, what kind of the amount of things that can come you you can eventually get to a point and go right this is enough for me mm-hmm. but at least you're exploring that opportunity it's yeah. kind of it sounds like you've got a similar mindset in terms of not setting like a rigid plan and going this is what's happening and I won't deviate from it because yeah. anything could then then come up how long were you there in total? Um, well a year so basically I was there May until December and then I flew home and surprised my family at Christmas mm-hmm. um, my sister had had a baby while I was away it was her first baby as well, so I was dying to get Aye. home and meet her so and then I went back after Christmas until May again so like basically a year but I did come home uh-huh. so does that then wait a minute so you were there till May again and then you came back yeah what brought you back my visa done it oh I just literally that right okay <laughs> yeah so I did my farm work so I'm I was meant to go back in August 2020, but obviously... The inevitable happened. Yeah, so I'm still waiting to go back, but it's going to be wild because, like, when I went there, I was 21 and looking, like, if I get there next year, I'm going to be 27, so Mm. a lot will have changed. You say that? Like, you just make me feel pure old by saying that, though. 
Because like you still be, you st- <laughs> you still be really young. But no, I, I get it. A lot will have changed. The world will be a bit will be quite different. Although they're pretty much open, aren't they? Like their yeah. their life is just going yeah, on. Yeah, I know. I like I need to unfollow the people I've got out there because it's making me too jealous. What is there something about the types of attitudes that people have towards life that kind of does it resonate with you? Because to go to like like for talking sake. You could go to, and, and you did, but you could go to Italy or Greece or Spain, have the weather, have a different culture, and it's far, far closer. Yeah. What is it about there that, that pulls you to there? I don't know. I mean, I loved living in Italy, but I think the fact that in Australia, obviously, they speak English, so it's mm. just a wee bit easier. Yeah. Um, They are really laid back. Like, you know, the wages are amazing. I was really lucky at one point, like I was living in Bondi Beach and I was living in this big house with people from all over the UK. Um, two boys from Bishop Briggs, actually. Really? Yeah. What are their names? Andy Arthur and Neil Fraser, I think his name was. Right. Do you know them? I don't think so. Shout out to Andy. Right. Aye, there you go, Andy and Neil. <laughs> uh, well, there will be people listening to this, pals of mine, mm-hmm. who will know them. Yeah. I'm obviously for Rob Royston. Uh-huh. So we stayed in this big How house. funny is that? Oh, you got the way to fucking Australia and you're with two guys to push you. I know, it was wild. But um, yeah, the times that we had were great. Like sometimes it felt like I was living in the Geordie Shore house. So <laughs> like there was constant parties. You'd wake up and like this random guy's lying on the couch and you're like, who is he? He's been there for three days. <laughs> Um, and I would just work in a cafe like part time and you know you would wake up and go see the sunrise and then work and then come home and go to the beach and stuff it's yeah. just it's a different lifestyle aye it completely is I mean I can I can just like people are oh, fucking hell here this cunt goes again talking about Barcelona, Barcelona. <laughs> <laughs> but look it's my lived experience for the past oh Jesus this, is, this will be eight years since I moved there that makes so me so when did you move? 2013 Right, and you were there for how long? Six years, right. and then obviously the last. What made you go there? Um, I mean, I've kind of I have spoken about this a couple of times, maybe more so in, in other interviews where I've been the interviewee. But um, I'm going to interview you now. I I don't mind that. In a nutshell, right? So I was from the ages of eighteen, from the age of eighteen to twenty-two, I was kind of just working in and out of jobs and whatever and casual stuff. Uh, ended up in a good job just by pure luck uh, uh, when I was just turned 21. But I was living like a sort of student's lifestyle, the same as pals of mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, going out all the time, out on a Tuesday, you know, steaming and walking away and stuff, all that kind of thing. And uh, that that was good and life was kind of fine. And then all of a sudden everybody started graduating. This is kind of how I remember it now looking back. Mm-hmm. At the time, I wasn't really aware. I just knew things didn't feel right. And they were all graduating, so their lives were changing. Like, they were no longer going out on a Tuesday. And they were like, oh, I've got work. And I'm like, well, I've got work as well, but <laughs> I'm still going to. And then they were like, their lives were taking a step up. Like, yeah. they were going to this different sort of level, whereas I was like, oh, I'm kind of just stuck kind of where I am. And I was in this bit of sort of no man's land, I suppose. I was quite internally uh, dissatisfied or quite, I, I wouldn't say unhappy, but I was unsettled. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I was like, there's got to be more than this. And I did feel like I had a lot of potential. I was like, I'm, I don't think I'm a total numbskull, but I've not really done it and significant. And I had a midlife crisis at 22. How funny mm-hmm. is that? And, um, did you I, go to college or university? I went to college. Um, so I don't know if I've ever told this, actually. So I went back to uh, school at six year. 
purely because I was like, oh, well, it means I can just, nobody's going to get on at me. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll just yeah. go back. But I mean, I was just in Red Greg's and a paper every day. And I didn't actually really go to classes and yeah. stuff. And I remember getting to like March and I was actually sitting reading, reading the paper and I had like the paper up my, f- like sitting right up and everybody's in this common room and they're all talking and somebody went, I, blah, 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 UCAS. And I've went, paper down and what's this UCAS thing you all keep talking about <laughs> and they're like what like are you joking and I'm going no what is it like I hear you talking about it all the time and you went for, for applying to uni so then something half clicked and I was like panic stations mm-hmm. like oh oh yeah, yeah. I call that UCES that's why I was confused <laughs> so I was like shit 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 so I went and applied and I was like I don't know what I want to, what I want to do man. Like, what am I interested in and like I didn't expect to get any decent grades I had I suppose like my gran knows that I've got eight hires, mm-hmm. but they're all like B's and C's, so they weren't the, they weren't the anything great. Um, so I'm like, I don't really have grades to get into it, and I don't expect I'll, I'll do well. I applied for journalism, had a unit, uh, had a, an interview at the uni. I think it was for Cali Uni, but it just wasn't grabbing me. It just wasn't mm-hmm. exciting me. And um, they were like, "Oh, if you get these grades, then you can get in." So I'm like, "Right." I think I can do this. I think I can get it. And then I found uh, a course for practical journalism at Glasgow Metropolitan College. Mm-hmm. Applied for that. Got an interview. And they went, I know, we'll take you. So I was like, <laughs> yes. that's that done. Don't need to bother with these stupid exams. <laughs> I'll, just go, I'll just go there. And I did it for a year. And um, it was a good course. Great people on it. Some great people who have gone on to do some great things in their industry. But even for me at that time, it just didn't grab me. It did. I wasn't yeah. enthusiastic about it. I didn't enjoy it. I wasn't particularly engaged. It just it, for that time just wasn't for me. And it's that probably sounds like. Um, but I, I, by the way, I'm totally consciously aware of how much I'm talking about me now. It isn't about me, but like, <laughs> no, I'm, please, I like that. Um, because you don't, so you don't <laughs> need don't to talk. Want to uh, well, you will be talking. But I, I think you could look at that and be like well you were just a pure immature wee guy I don't think I was mm-hmm. I think I was very mature in a lot of ways but in that sense maybe I just hadn't matured to the point where I wanted to do that I didn't yeah. want to study it and so I ended up just leaving it so that was that just kind of working and then I'd work in a call centre and I'd get pulled in and they'd be like how about you look at this chart what does this chart tell you and I'm like says I've not worked a Monday in about six weeks <laughs> because I was just doing it all the time and just being a wee guy and enjoying myself but I got to 22 and was like shit man and I felt as if the world I was living in town and I just felt as if all I did was was exist in this three mile radius because my gym my work my house was all in town Uh and then I was like there's a whole world out there that's passing me by Mm -hmm. and I was seeing people go to Australia and I was seeing people go to South America and I was like what have I done like, I've not done it. And then that was, I've told the story before, Googled work abroad, saw a job, I applied for it. They said, sorry, we're full. I sent an email back, being like, no, please, like, you don't understand, you need to take me, like, mm-hmm. I'll be the best person you've ever had. And then they came back to me saying, oh, this is really weird, but somebody's just pulled out. There's a waiting list of about 100 people, but your email was really enthusiastic mm-hmm. to want an interview. Four weeks later, I picked you up in Barcelona, and I'm like, right, now my life can start. So did you speak Spanish? No, I couldn't speak Spanish. Um... I couldn't speak a word yet, I couldn't speak Catalan. And then I lived with Catalans for like just under 12 months. Yeah. And that was where I learned it. And then once 
once I was at that point, you know, I learned it more and then I taught myself Italian and then practiced my French a lot and that kind of thing. Um, and that was kind of where like my life then kicked on. So I completely understand and get excited by hearing somebody else get into some foreign alien environment yeah. far away. You don't have friends or family to like rely on or you kind of just, you just don't have any of these safety nets, I suppose. Yeah. Um, I've rambled enough people are like oh my god mate shut up we've heard this story like a <laughs> hundred times but it's relevant I suppose to the conversation I'm sorry for, for boring you again um, I suppose like t- tell me just about moving about Australia like what was I just want to hear what that experience was like like did you go to the Gold Coast did you go to Sydney yeah I went to the Gold Coast I was really lucky that the Commonwealth Games were on when I was there so it was some atmosphere mm. And I had a friend who was working in events, so he managed to get me tickets so I nice. could go and watch the swimming. Um, and then he introduced me to a Scottish family that had a Scottish cafe in the Gold Coast, and oh, I ended yeah. up working for them for a couple of weeks just while the what, games were on. What does that entail? Like square sausage nine bro? Uh-huh. That I had is a wee kilt. Is my uniform, and it was such a good place to work. Aye. Oh, it was amazing. I take it all loads of Scots come in and stuff? yeah. Tom Daly came in as Did well. I? I was buzzing. That's like I think the only famous person. I've should met. have been like, apart nah, from mate. you, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you should have been like, no, this is uh, Scottish only, mate. You'll need to get out. I know, but yeah, that was like a wee home away from home. That was like the best place to work because it was right on the street and you could look out. Yeah. And we'd play whatever music we wanted, and it was just always a good atmosphere. Like the just boss was so funny. Stick run rig on and just get a laugh, yeah, boss. <laughs> it was so good, honestly. That's amazing. How did they? How did they even import? I suppose they just import it frozen or something. I think so. I don't actually know. I never really You'd asked make, about that. Make an absolute fortune, but I wish somebody would set something similar up in Barcelona because there's a lot of Scots as well. Oh really? Uh, aye, and you'd make a fortune. Like there's a shop called No Free Advertising. Actually, I'm not naming it. No, nah, I'm really <laughs> joking. If you're in Barcelona uh, and you want to, have, even if you're English. Um, or Irish, that's called a taste of home. Mm-hmm. And they sell iron brew. Oh, Actually, amazing. see when see when all the full sugar iron brew had run out here. Still the originals over there. They had hunters Aye. over there. And I was like buying it in bulk because they obviously had loads and just yeah. hadn't sold it. You can get square sausage and Cadbury's chocolate and all that kind of thing. So I, I think it's on uh, it's near Carrier Sepulveda, if you're in Barcelona. It's near it's near Plaza España, just off Diagonal. I'm trying, I can't remember what Metro, just search for it. There's a, there's a couple, I think there's two two branches. Taste of home, it's amazing. Um, where else were you in Australia? Um, was in Sydney for two, three months. That's when I lived in that house. Um, Melbourne I visited, but I spent most of my time doing farm work. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a while to find a farm work that I enjoyed. What? So I went to a place west of Sydney, like five hours. Literally, it was just through Gumtree. You know, I would look for jobs and I was yeah. mainly looking for ones that involved horses because I've got a horse. So I thought, right, well, that would be handy. So I found one where working on a cattle farm, riding horses. So basically, I was like a cowgirl and it was so much fun. But I also had to look after three boys under the age of six. And I'm not good with kids. me me and kids don't I'm not really apart from like so I've got two nieces now and I love them but before then I had no experience for kids Mm -hmm. that's I mean my right hold on so the farm work is is it is it kind of like 
I'm just trying to understand it. Right now here, there'll be companies and they're told, if you take an apprentice, the government will give you X amount or whatever. Uh-huh. But they have to kind of find each other. Uh-huh. Is that similar over there? Like, you don't go through the government, you just go directly to the farm and they'll be like, OK, well, yeah, we'll take you on. And Yeah, but it has to be like a certain type of farm work in a certain, like, postcode area, basically. Right. So you need to make sure that you are, like, doing your research because a lot of places will say, like, aye, this is farm work, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And you've just wasted three months there. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I lasted two weeks there <laughs> because I just, I, I hated the kids. Oh, really? Like, Were they assholes? Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> having no experience with kids to look after three boys uh, under the age of six, that was a lot. I loved the actual farm side of it. Like, that was so much fun, just out with the cows and... Um, I got to pregnancy test the cow, which I generally, when they told me that, I thought it was a stick and pee, but obviously they gave me a glove and it went <laughs> right up to my shoulder. <laughs> and I was like, right, okay, so no it's not way. Uh-huh. Hold on a minute, right. <laughs> I've got a lot of questions. I've got a lot of questions. I suppose I'll start with that while it's fresh in my mind. So you're literally putting your, your arm up a cow's Yes, uh-huh. Or whatever, to feel if there's a, a calf Yeah, in it. uh-huh. There wasn't, it was me. a shame. <laughs> like, the, the cows are <laughs> up. The cows up the fuck. <laughs> like, that is, I don't know, that is nuts. And they just expect you to do that. Why don't they do that themselves? Well, that was the whole part of the experience. I thought it was great. It was, really? Yeah. But then, how, how, who can I say that? Have you ever I've been shoulder deep in a cow before? <laughs> hey, well, a few people maybe can say that, but maybe not on a farm. <laughs> 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 I'm not, actually, maybe, no, I'm not taking it out. It's staying in. <laughs> Sorry, Mum. Um, <laughs> Uh, I the uh, right so the the fact that I mean they're just looking for a free childcare as well that, that I mean I've got loads of questions See, to be about fair that. to them they did advertise as like a nanny and I was yeah. like yeah yeah great with kids aye. sent them a photo of me and like my cousin from England that I'd met once you aye. know like aye right, uh, and then it was just a bit daft. too much for, yeah I was like nah I can't it was I can't awkward when it. you left yeah a wee bit oh because you're like oh yeah like, I don't want to stay because your kids what are assholes. Oh, I can't say that. Um, what were the kids like? Were they just badly behaved? They weren't even badly behaved. They were just a lot of hard work. Like, sometimes I would get left for like 10 hours mm-hmm. of the full day, and like, that's a lot. So, that's also very trusting. Just to, I would yeah, never let some stranger just be with my children. Exactly. You just but, wouldn't. Yeah, so I can't even remember what I said to her, like the reason that I was leaving. I think I just said it was just a bit too much. Um, and she did try and convince me to stay. And then I ended up finding another farmer, like basically straight after that. And I went up to Brisbane to work on a thoroughbred stud farm, like right. an hour away from Brisbane. Um, and yeah, oh my God, that was the worst place ever. Uh, Brisbane was? No, like that farm. Oh, the that farm, I, Yeah, right. honestly, the worst experience. I got a message for somebody this morning, actually, um, saying he was, sorry, this is pure, <laughs> like you've spoken enough, let's talk about me. No, if a guy saying I've been listening to your podcasts and he's in Brisbane. Oh, really? And he's been enjoying them. And I thought, that's funny, I need to get back to him, actually. He might be listening to this right now. Maybe. Sorry, I can't remember your name. I will reply to you. Um, but I just saw it when I got up. Um, I saw that was terrible at that farm as well. Yeah. So, honestly, the farmer, they are, like, they're quite backwards in the way that they were, like, homophobic, oh, racist. Fuck's sake. Um, just not nice people and... It was my job to feed 140 horses. And I had 140 to, horses? Yeah, and they needed fed, obviously, in the morning and in the afternoon. And the process in the morning usually took about four hours. So it was like eight hours 
in total. Fuck's sake. And um, so, like, to feed them, just even making the feed took ages. Like, you had to put all these ingredients in this, like, massive, big, like, you know, mechanical mixer. And then I had to drive about in this pickup truck that didn't have a handbrake. So they were like, all oh, leave it in gear. And bear in mind, I was used to driving a Ford Cast. Like, I had this massive, big truck. Fuck's and sake. then I had to, like, open the gate, drive in, hoping that none of the horses would escape, uh-huh. and then close it, and then, like, feed the horses. And a lot of these horses were, like, in full. So they were, like, really hormonal, raging. Like, it was quite scary. That is nuts. There's some, there is something to be said for that, though, like... An experience like that, it gives you some sort of grounding that you can't quite put into words and you can't explain what it does for you. You can't explain how it benefits you going on in life, but it just does. It's, it's in retrospect when you look back, let's say you deal with a situation or you're in an uncomfortable work situation or whatever, you're kind of like, well, hold on a minute. I was running this fucking farm with these horses. <laughs> that, that's nuts. Like, no deal ever do that. The, the thing I was going to say as well is I'm pure picture. See when you're saying like, you're like a cowgirl. Yeah. I'm like, imagine you like pure going over the, like, I don't know, through the fields, like with this music playing. <laughs> like wearing your wee chaps and all that. Yeah. And your wee uh, <laughs> waistcoat looks like cow print. Yep. And did you have a cowboy hat? No, cowgirl hat? Did you have a lasso and like... <laughs> no. I wasn't like that advanced, but yeah. I kind of wish I was now. It sounds so much fun. No, but have have has there come a point, I suppose, right, the, I, I hate talking about it because it's the pure buzz term and I'm like, if I was Prime Minister uh, a year from now, I would make it illegal to even talk about COVID right mm-hmm. I'm fucking sick of it yeah. I don't want to talk about it I would be like right I would honestly stand up on a podium at Downing Street and go if anybody talks about COVID the government's freezing your bank accounts <laughs> what's that mate what's that I, like oh, you, you, you remember COVID yeah, best of luck buying nappies because you've not got any money now <laughs> best of luck feeding your best of luck feeding your kids because your accounts have been frozen I warned you don't talk about it yeah. however we'll talk about it shortly for a wee bit Um like, see, even because obviously we've all had different trying times, right? Mm-hmm. Or maybe the last year, like pure mm-hmm. ups and downs and roller coasters. And there's been times when I've looked back on, uh, I don't know, like being being in really tough times in Spain, for example, and be like, if I can get through that, I can get through this yeah. kind of COVID push. Have you had that sort of any of those thought processes? Or am I just having a stab in the dark that just doesn't apply to you? Like, you know, over the last year, because if. I'm assuming you would have been homesick or you're like, you're on that farm, you're like, get me fucking up the road. Yeah. Like, has there been any point where you've looked back and thought, well, I could, I've done that so I can I can handle this? Yeah, I do. Sometimes I think that, like... I don't know what to say. That's all right. You, you, the answer is yes, though. Because obviously it, it, has, it, has, it makes you a more of a rounded, well-rounded person. Yeah. I know, like, see, obviously I, I told you that I was a pure gimp and kept a diary. Oh, I forgot to talk about how embarrassing that was. <laughs> <Yeah>. right, <let's... laughs> um, and I was actually looking at it the other day, like, just to refresh my mind of Australia. And I'd written an, an entry about that farm that I worked on, and I mm-hmm. think it was, like, one of the worst days ever when I was still fairly new and I had mistakenly left a gate open and one of the stallions got in with, like, some of the of our horses and like you shouldn't really be doing that right and then some horses escaped and we had like walkie talkies so we could like speak to each other because it was a big farm and I'd be like 
Does her as a horse is running like fuck? Scoot her and like I could just tell they're like that stupid blonde lassie. Like, oh, I had no clue. And then also like driving that pickup truck. I remember one time I was on a hill and I'd like went to go and open the gate and I got out the car and the car was still moving and it just like slowly crashed into this gate but like put a massive dent in it and I was mm. like I'm not even going to tell them that that was me and I left after two weeks again <laughs> God See the the whole writing things down was that like did you find that therapeutic? Yeah ah, And it was I just like to that. remember I have such a bad memory honestly mm. so like see looking back at some of the entries that I'd written I was like oh I forgot that happened Hi. So it's just good for something to look back on. It's good to look back on. It's good at the time as well. Instead, because I mean, it's taken me all sorts of years to kind of work this one out. But even whether it's texting somebody to tell them, or whether it's just writing it somewhere so that you're kind of like putting it somewhere, and then that's it. It's no longer like pure floating about your head. It can, it can be such a positive thing. Because um, that can have been easy. Um, I, I mean, quite ridiculous for the farm owners to just be expecting you to be able to do all this. Oh, I don't know. I think so. I'm not saying as if you're a pure incapable idiot, right? Yeah, well, but if, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's a given. No, but if there's like 150 horses, you've only got, you've never done this, right? On you go. Like, just yeah. go and run it, and then we'll get annoyed at you if you make an arse or something. Yeah, no, I didn't. Like, the, the farmers that worked there, they were quite mean. Like, I remember feeling really small, like, honestly. That's not, that's a shame. I feel I like you're hugging me. Oh. <laughs> I'm fine now. Uh, you're all right. You uh, wrote it down in your wee journal. Exactly. I got it all out. Was the there pages a, were tear stained. Were, were there any? Did you ever at any point consider coming back, or were you like, no, I'm sticking this out. I'm here. Yeah, I think it's because I was so far away. Like I would just phone my mum or my sister and cry sometimes when I was on that farm. I mm. think it was even worse because I had a little like. Um, caravan to stay in myself so I was like just completely myself and I would make my own meals and that's all I had to do like on days off there wasn't really much you could do you're on this farm so uh, that's such a shame <laughs> but then it, but that's the lengths you go to to stay for your extra year was this then Covid starts and you need to come back no because I was there 2017 oh no right and when you've intended to go back that's actually when COVID had yeah, yeah. kicked uh-huh. in. Right, okay, I get you, I get you. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that feel? Because everybody's got a story. Everybody's the plans got something. that they had. Uh-huh. And, 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 and it affects us all differently. Like, I can't get back. I need to go back and swap paperwork in Spain, mm-hmm. and I can't. No. And I'm getting pure restless because I've got a deadline. Or like, my deadline's like hug my knee. But it's still kind of stressing me out. I mean, how, how did that feel for you? Because I take it you're, you're like... I'll buzzing to go back and then you're like what's yeah. this thing that's happening I'll never, I'll never amount to anything but then obviously it does I know like 2020 was meant to be a really good year for me because I had lots of Hindus so my best friend Emma and my sister were due to get married so we were meant to go to Edinburgh for Emma's hen Prague for my sister's mm. hen Emma's wedding was in the Caribbean then my sister's and then obviously um, Australia so mm-hmm. I shite but you never thought it would come to this I never thought I'd say it was it was when I was in Rome the first time it's like January 2020 and it happened in Venice a few weeks later but they were wearing their biohazard suits uh-huh. and scanning people's temperature and at me right I'm like stay this man it's a bit much is it no <laughs> because you just don't think uh, it, you, you never, never 
I had no idea what would happen. I remember going, that's ridiculous, and taking a video and sending it to my pals and going, look at this, man, they're mm. taking that a bit far here. But, I mean, that fucking, that turned out well when I came back to people bite me. Do you feel like, um, though, now, because we're now at a positive point, what is the date? The day the date is the something of April? Is it six? Six, six of April, yeah. 2021. We're now, like, a year in. And now it's looking good. You know, we're three weeks away. I get my first... Jack, my hair looks good. Aye. It's my first proper haircut. Proper? Have you, have you been doing it yourself? Yes. I've been cutting my hair myself. <laughs> uh, I've been cutting my hair myself. Uh, that's exactly what I've been doing. And it was nice to get a, just a proper haircut. And even just to sit and have a laugh and all that. And now that we're, I feel like we are over the worst of it, I can look back and go, oh, do you know what? And I, I've claimed this, right? I've said like the whole time. Do you know what? I think this is aside for the devastation and the heartbreak and the loss that people have suffered, whether it's family members or friends or even the like harsh financial sort of yeah. implications, there is a positive in the sense that we can be like, wow, I will be really grateful for the stuff that comes and I will enjoy it even more and I will take opportunities and stuff. And I feel like we're kind of there. Um, do you, have you felt that, that now going forward you will just enjoy life oh, more. De- aye, definitely. Like, don't take each day for granted. Aye, and it's, it is easy to... Of course you take things for granted, and people talk about it as if that's a bad thing, but it's like, well, why what did I ever expect I wouldn't be able to, I like, go into a shop or, or go and get a coffee? Like, there's no way I, I could have predicted that. Like, so many people would take going out for... A meal at a restaurant is just everyday life, but I Aye. think now everyone's going to be like, oh, like what a treat that is. Aye, and well, I said I the other day, I was like, oh, yes, man, see in about three weeks, we'll be able to sit in with our coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, wow, the bar is low. I know. But that is, do you know what? That is a pure ple- a pleasure and a privilege to be able to have that wee yeah. thing. And then nights out are going to be great and going to Celtic Park or Ibrox is going to be great you need to mention Ibrox because <laughs> the Rangers fans get annoyed I don't <laughs> like you um, I, or, 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 I don't know jumping on a plane again like I think that's what a lot of folk are looking forward to like just going anywhere literally anywhere I, I'm, I'm so aware so like painfully aware of how lucky I am to go to places often and that's the thing I've struggled with most yeah. this is the longest I've gone without being on a plane since like for about 10 years Wow! and it's just something that what I mean don't get me wrong I would always be sitting there buzzing and happy but also I was like hey this is normal yeah. I'm always on a flight somewhere yeah, yeah. and getting it taken away it's like I will be even more happy do you know what I'll be like I'm looking forward to being disrespected by Ryanair cabin crew <laughs> And, like, I'm looking forward to paying eight quid for a shitty panini um, and, like, a, a warm Pepsi. Like, I, I can't wait. 50 quid for your hold case. I know. I know. Honestly, see, when I was booking my flights to come home from Italy, yeah. £150 just for my case. It's a disgrace, Because I had to book three separate flights. And it's stuff like that. See, when I was getting emails, for, so I had flights with EasyJet and Ryanair, and there was one with British Airways. I was getting an email. We're all in this together. And I'm like, are we? <laughs> We weren't all in this together and you try to charge me an extra 40 quid because yeah. I was like fucking two kilos over. But I was on my own then. I? I, uh, that's something I would definitely change. Um, let's talk about that Italy trip. I've got so many questions. Again, this is just me living vicariously through you now. 
what what brought that about and when did that sort of when did you go um so in september i was lucky enough to go on just a holiday to italy with my friend fiona what? absolutely loved it we where did you go where uh-huh. milan and lake garda I did Milan and Lake Como. Oh, did you? And it was like, it's obviously one of the yeah, two. Yeah, uh-huh. Amazing. Oh, Incredible. Um, like, that was my first time in Italy as well. Oh, and wow. Oh, I fell in love with just everything about the country, the language, the food, obviously. Like, Italian is my favourite food. Yeah, me too. The people, like, they were just so nice. I, f- so. I find Italians lovely as well. Yeah. Especially in the south. They're, they're a lot yeah, nicer in the south. Yeah, they say that, like, as you get further south, that they are nicer. Which is like, is like an introverted, or a, a, what do you call that? Like a flipped around version of the UK. Aye. Because you always assume, <laughs> associate the northerners with being the nicest in the UK. Yeah, definitely. Um, what did you like? How long were you in Milan? I think it was four days in Milan and then four days, like, you know... Aye, four days in Lake Garda. Where did you stay in Milan? Oh, I can't mind. We just stayed in like, kind of, we went cheap, you know, just yeah. in, I think it was like a B&B or something like that. Did you go to Navilia, where the canals are? Mm-hmm. Amazing, yeah. isn't it? Did you do the aperitivo thing? Yeah. How cool is Obviously. that? Obviously. <laughs> Brendan, the aperitivo is you pay, like, you pay for your cocktail, you get this massive big, like a frozen cocktail or a fancy cocktail and then they put out a buffet which to them is like finger food which to mm. us is like pure five star cuisine like the food is just absolutely amazing and you can go up as many times as you want and all that it's amazing <laughs> yeah so I'd went on holiday and then I think like a couple of weeks later I'd had a pure day a pure day a pure day a pure day a pure bad day at work and was driving home it was pouring my rain and I think Nicola had just announced that we were going back into another lockdown I just thought fuck this like why am I here like why am I staying here yeah so I just decided there and then and I got in and I said to my mum and dad I was like eh I think I'm gonna go back to Italy my mum was just like alright okay like no bothered <laughs> at all alright normal and that was me I think I, I booked a flight for like you know two weeks later Um, where where did you fly to and you Milan yourself? again Milan because again. it was the cheapest flight I think I it was like 20 quid for the flight I saw a picture of you and I was so jealous you were on the rooftop bar in Vittorio Galleria Vittorio Manuele oh yeah so for any that doesn't know this is Galleria Vittorio Manuele is that place you'll see where people get their picture outside Prada and, and Gucci and Rolex and whatever and there's a rooftop bar. You go through this mad shopping yeah, centre to uh-huh. get to it. I got lost in there, by the way. And, well, it's dead confusing, isn't it? Because you need to go through the barbers, <laughs> yeah. don't you? To get, do you remember what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. You go past like this wee barbers and up these wee steps, and then well, you're just out to this terrace and you're looking at Piazza del Duomo and you're looking at the Il Duomo as well, which is the. Is it classes a cathedral? Yeah, cathedral. I, um, I and it's, it's the most. It's like the most. Milanese it's like a postcard isn't it yeah it's absolutely incredible uh, yeah drinking on those rooftop bars like with that view you do yeah. feel like you're living a different lifestyle and you were in I saw you in Parco Sempione yep. as well Did, and there's a place called um, I think it's Corso Sempione and there's a bar called Deseo I went to it's absolutely amazing uh, I can't think but Corso that. Sempione is just like see at Arco de la Pace uh-huh. the archway thing at the park and it's just this row of pure fancy bars. You've got the golden quadrant with all the fancy shops and all that. And it's you, just, you know more than me. <laughs> I, 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 I love, I absolutely love the place. I just thought it was... I just couldn't get over, like, the style of everyone, like, you know, the fashion style. I, it was amazing. Like, even you could have an Italian wearing high-tech trainers and, like, gola trousers, and you're like, wow, he's pulling yeah. it off. And it's just the way they wear things. I felt like such a tramp because I came with kind of shite clothes, obviously. Like, I'm... A backpacker, basically. Aye. 
So of uh, walking in the streets, I just felt like they were all staring at me. Plus, I was a bit of an idiot. And just packed, like, bikinis, dresses, shorts. Yeah. And I went in October. Starts getting so cold. So I, I got a bit of a fright. I had one pair of long trousers and I think, like, one jacket. And I had to wear that for, like, a week straight because... I Aye, hadn't brought it, anything. It wasn't as warm. Aye. Like Lake Garda, I think I saw a couple of pictures of you there, and it's just, it's, I had to make the decision. It was Como or Garda, and I yeah. went for Como. Uh, I fell in to the water. Oh, how? Yeah, because um, I've got this thing where I like, it's going to make me sound like a pure freak, right? But I like to touch stuff. So, for example, when I was in New York and I was like touching the walls of St. Patrick's Cathedral, mm. and kind of did, just touched it and being like, Wow, this has been here for a long time. Yeah. The whole world has changed around this, but this has remained. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I just, I'm like, touch that, or where else did I do it? Like the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Touching it and going, wow, this is so cool. So I was like, I want to touch the water of Lake Como, just to be like, I've touched it. Yeah. And that's cool. And I just had this thing in my head. So I was like walking down, and I could see, it's like going down these steps, and I was like, this looks really slippy. But it was slippy, and it was like a cartoon. So I've like gently put my foot on it and just went flying in. So basically up to like, basically right up my thighs, mm-hmm. pure right into the water, fell in. Oh, and then ma- managed to get myself back out. Uh, it was embarrassing. <laughs> and I had to go up the road pure soaking. And it is like, I had to go for a place called Brunati to get back to, I think it was, whatever the station's called, Terminale or something in Milan. And uh, I, my legs were absolutely soaking. And people were just looking at me. And I was like, yeah. What time of year did you go? Uh late March so it was beautiful and sunny and warm in the day mm. but at night time it was freezing right and it was starting to get cold because when I went back to Italy like to live um flew into Milan and then I went to Como but it was really cloudy really? so I felt like I couldn't appreciate the beauty I of it know. because I think they are quite similar like Garda and Coma they do look pretty similar I definitely um I think I flew into Bergamo uh-huh. Uh, and you fly over Lake Garda, mm-hmm. and it's it's just like fuck. It's just un, but there's just no words to yeah, explain I know. how incredible it looks. But there's um, you can get the funicular. This place Brunati is like the first point you get to if you're coming from Milan. You got this funicular, and and the, we were there on a clear day, and you can see Turin, Milan, and Switzerland. Wow. And it's just, in the Swiss Alps, uh-huh. you're looking at it and it's, it's unbelievable. And you can actually, we went to this restaurant. I sent my pal, Declan, I'm sure my pal Declan McNeil, went to this exact restaurant and it's, it's got a balcony, but you can only fit two tables on it. Right. So it's just you and one other, like two other people. And it's just nuts. And you're like, I can't believe I'm here. You can see Lake Como FC's stadium <laughs> and uh, Silvio Berlusconi's house and his boat, wow. which I just, which, and it's, being up there, I just was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, sorry if anybody's getting bored with us, just reflecting on how incredible it is being in Italy. But this is what I like talking about, just yeah. like what it's like. Where did you go uh, from Milan? Because you did a bit of a tour, didn't you? Of loads yeah, of places. Like the, the first month I spent travelling. So I did Milan, Como, Verona, <sighs> Venice, how amazing Venezia. Venice, Venezia. Um, uh, yeah, but again, it was really foggy, so oh, I'm like, I definitely need to go back in the summer and yeah. see it. But it was if so you can time quiet. it for spring, right? Okay, because it's in summer, it can start to. I hate to say this because it's a bit of a, a cliche trope, smell. but it can smell. Ah, I've heard that, and, and it'll impact your enjoyment. I think um, if you can again, there in I was there in February, roasting during the day. Was that it, 2020 you went? Aye, aye, just before everything all kicked off. Um, 
I was roasting during the day, but it was like minus two at night. Yeah. Um, but it had this pure foggy, eerie vibe about it at night, and it's like right. I feel as if I'm back in the 1800s. <laughs> like this is so cool. I uh, got lost. Like my first night, I thought, right, I'm just gonna go and just see what happens. Like let me let my feet take me anywhere. Yeah. And not look at my phone, and then my phone ran out of battery. Oh no. <laughs> and it was and getting they all look the same. I and I. I End up walking past a restaurant and I seen like two guys that looked alright looking. So I was like, I'll go in there. It was like waiters yeah. and I got them to charge my phone for me. <laughs> and yeah. then you get, ended up getting back. Where you were, have you ever been to Amsterdam? No, I've not. This is kind of just, if you're taking it off track, but just because you're saying uh, your battery dying and everything kind of looking similar, like when you're trying to get yeah. about. Me and my pal were out in Amsterdam uh, last year and we get split up and my battery died. And I was like, Right, I can't believe what how what an idiot I was, but um, I was trying to go back to the hotel and I could remember the name, and I was walking and I was like, oh, there's a canal. We were staying beside the canal. The canal, <laughs> right? That turns it. There's about eight hundred canals <laughs> and about fourteen hundred bridges. And I was like, no, there's the bridge. That was a bit. And I'm like, just sprinting. And I'm like, had turned. Eventually, found a house party full of my Dutch people and got them to charge my phone. Amazing. And uh, ordered an Uber and then typed in the hotel address. I was driving for like 25 minutes, so I was like, I was, no, well. I was nowhere near where I was trying to get. I was like, when I get in the hotel, my pal was like, where have you been? I says, oh, mate, I just saw a canal on a bridge and I thought, oh, this must be where the hotel is. He's like, no, that's not how it works. Um, Venice, where did you go after Venice? Um, then I went to Bologna. Right. Have you been? No. Love that. Like it's like the Yeah, it's like the kind of student-y mm-hmm. area. Um, I had a friend there. He's from Bologna. I met him in Australia, so wow. it's nice, That's like you so know, cool. to meet up with him after like three years. And then from Bologna, I went to Florence or Firenze. Yeah, is it Firenze? Aye, Firenze. Aye. <laughs> what you're going to correct me on my Italian then? No, since no. your Italian's better than mine. <laughs> uh, and then did a like a wee day trip to Pisa, and then went to Rome, and then. That's when we knew that Italy was going to go into another lockdown. Yeah. At this point, I'd met up with a Irish girl and a girl from Edinburgh. Right. And we knew that me and Anna, the girl from Edinburgh, we knew that if Italy was going to go into lockdown, we wanted to be like on a farm because didn't want to be stuck in a city. Like you can't go out there quite strict with our lockdowns. Aye. And I was like, we'll Aye. be stuck in a hostel, having to pay for a hostel. So we found a farm in Sicily purely from this random girl messaging me on Facebook saying that, you know, there was this farm, come to it. So we literally booked a flight that day and just went, said bye to the Irish girl and ended up in this farm in Sicily. That's unbelievable. <laughs> like you just ended up on a farm in Sicily. Why a farm? Or did you just think, I can find work somewhere and and just head there and then obviously you can stay? I understand about being able to go outside and all that kind of thing. Yeah, well, I just thought at this point, well, have you heard of Workaway? No. Oh, it's an amazing website where you can literally go anywhere in the world and work for your accommodation and food, so you're not actually getting a wage, whereas, well, some of them do offer payment. That's kind of what I did when I went to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. I worked eight in the morning till five at night, Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. and I get 200 euros a month Aye. because they paid for accommodation and food. Uh-huh. And then they would be like, go and do... You could make money uh, giving private one-on-one English lessons right. at night. Like I've kind of told this story before, but it's like it sounds ridiculous. But again, I'm I'm very self-aware. I'm aware people will roll, shut, will roll their eyes and be like, "Oh, shut the fuck up." <laughs> but 
<laughs> it was just a pure queue of Moz that turned up uh, to be like, can you come and give my kids lessons? And then nine times out of ten, it would just be me and this housewife sitting at a table while the kids are away playing. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you're not, the kids are not meant to be here. But you get like 20 quid for it to sit mm-hmm. and do it. So I, 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 the work away thing, I kind of understand the yeah, concept. like I think it's such an amazing idea. A lot of people, if, if you say that you travel, I think people assume that you've got money, which obviously I did have money, like, mm-hmm. you know, for just in case. But I didn't go with a lot of money because I thought, right, I'll just do loads of workaways and I, I see it as like, see if I don't like it, find another one. Aye. It's it's a good idea that, but um, so that was kind of like the same thing, although it wasn't legit. Like this farmer wasn't on Workaway; right. it was just purely through word of mouth, um, and that was a crazy experience. That's amazing. What was that? I mean, talk me through that. What are the highs and the high points, or the low points, or whatever? Well, so we met the farmer. He came and picked us up with the English girl Millie, and got on this like pure shanner of a car. Honestly, <laughs> like had broken windows, the headlights didn't work and we were driving in the dark. And like, <laughs> do you know, like the roads and like some Italian roads are just like serpentines. Yeah, aye. Oh my God. So he was like taking these roads like so fast and I generally thought I was going to die that night. Uh, like I, I did text my mum and dad and I said, like, this is what I want my funeral song to be because I thought I was going to die. Like, you morbid bitch, man. Why are you not, you're not texting me saying, <laughs> I love you. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I needed Andrew Bocelli at the funeral. <laughs> Time to say goodbye. Fuck's sake. Fitting song. Um, but yeah, and he didn't speak any English. Mm. So that was quite hard. Like in Sicilia or Sicily. Sicilia, yeah. yeah. Um, they speak Sicilian rather yeah. than even Italian. Mm-hmm. So the little, little Italian that I had learned, I couldn't even use it. So it was all just through Google Translate or like, you know, just taking a guess. What was it you said to me again? Spiacente non ho capito. Non ho capito. Non ho capito. Ah, right, I've got this thing. I, keep, <laughs> I watch Gamora and I keep picking up Napolitano. Oh, right, okay, aye, I've heard aye. that's... It's very different. It's quite similar to Catalan. And right, there's, a, okay. there's a lot of things I see I always get mixed up. Right. So sorry, I. Um, I I didn't get to go to Napoli, but that is one place I'm dying to go to. Oh, do you watch Gamora? No. Amazing. I'm pretty sure someone's recommended that to me. In a nutshell, and I'll say it for anybody else, there's a guy called Roberto Saviano, and he was an undercover journalist, and he infiltrated the Camorra crime, the camera is the Camoristi, and he infiltrated the mafia in Naples, and they present themselves as being like Robin Hoods that give you know give to the poor and yeah. provide for um for the community. Roberto Roberto Saviano's like, do you fuck? Like you're pure scum and you yeah. cause misery and, and, and heartache. And he infiltrated them and then wrote a book about them. Right. And they so they basically put a hit they're like, you're getting done, like you're getting killed. So since then Roberto Saviano, this was about twenty years ago, has never slept in the same location two nights in a row. He's under protection from Interpol and the Italian army. And even the Italian army can't guarantee safety because the mafia have infiltrated the army, yeah. the government, the police. It's all corrupt. Aye, it's all corrupt. Um, oh, there are, there are elements of corruption. So he wrote this film. Uh, I think the, the film was Gamora. And it's eight, it's like eight or nine stories of people that are involved in the mafia in one different levels, but how they're all interconnected. And it won, like, I think the Palme d'Or. I don't know if that's the... Uh, or he won, won like the best film at Cannes Film Festival so then they created this TV series everything that is in the series has happened in Naples and like Secondigliano and um, Scampia which is other sort of uh, area anyway 
it all happened and it is nuts. So you're watching this and you're like, that I can't, that can't have happened. Like you couldn't write that. That yeah. is nuts. And I actually read an interview with Roberto Saviano and he said, when they write each series, they can all, they have to take out about 50% of it because even though it happened, they're like, people watch that and think it's too far-fetched. Aye. It's gritty. It's amazing. I'm always in tears at the end of every series. When I Where finish, can I watch it? Sky Atlantic. You can get it on Sky. So you just if you go to Sky and Sky On Demand, Gamora, and you sort of get subtitles. Honestly, it's the best. Andy who's seen Gamora, Andy who's watched it, is in agreement. It's the greatest TV show has ever been. Okay. You need to watch it. It's well, amazing. And for that reason, you have to go to Naples. I know I'm dying to go. Like, I've heard so many good things. It's gritty, and it's, but it's exciting. Uh-huh. It's a really exciting play. I was like, really excited. A lot of the, like, so the Italians that I met in the north told me that don't go around Napoli yourself. Like, oh, go yeah. with a local. Uh, aye, aye. At least. Aye. You can get, like, you can pay tour guides, essentially. They're yeah. not that expensive either. Um, and then if you just go down south, we went from Naples to Sorrento. Oh, nice. See, yeah, I missed out the full south, so like that's why I need Aye, to go back. You need to go back there. It. And then went for Sorrento to Positano. And then being in Positano was, for me, was like a pure dream, like a genuine bucket list stuff. Yeah. Like I swam my way out and just looking back at that view mm-hmm. and stuff. And it was. Was it expensive though? Because I've heard that. Uh, my experience, it will be skewed because it was. There'll be people listening to this and going, like, you shouldn't have went anywhere. It was within the rules. We were allowed to go at that point. Mm-hmm. things were a lot cheaper I think things were a lot cheaper because demand was low yeah. I'm sure in the height of summer in normal circumstances it probably is really expensive um, but it was great like I would definitely recommend recommend there where did so you from Sicily after being in the farm I stayed in Sicily like, just the whole time yeah uh, so I'd done Beautiful like a place. month of travelling and then stayed in the farm for three months That's and amazing. like became part of this little family and did you go on well with them yeah and no like the the farmer and we had a hate love love hate relationship. Really? Yeah, I think because I stood up to him. Like I didn't really like the way he treated the animals. Like you know, it's a f- farmers. Like they don't obviously look after the animals, but they love them. Uh huh. And yeah, so I would just like pull them up for stuff, and he used to call me a little stronza. Do you know what that means? It's like you bitch. Yeah. Aye. <laughs> stronza, stronza. Yeah. Stronza was a. Constantly stronza, stronza. Um, but no, it was some experience. Um, yeah. Lived with them and his mum would always cook for us. I found mm. it was like really backwards in the way that, you know, they seen the woman had to be in the kitchen. Yeah. And, and mama did spend all that time in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, you know, it was like her full day was just focused on cooking. Yeah. I don't know how she done it. They buy the, the meals that they have, though, are something else, aren't they? Yeah, I and put on two stone living there. Did you? Yeah. Like, literally, <laughs> all I did was eat, and we didn't actually work that much. Mm. Like, I think I look back on my diary and um, counted that I'd maybe worked for, like, three, four weeks out of the three months that I stayed there. That's so amazing. we never worked when it rained because he thought that you couldn't work in the rain. I'm like, mate, I'm from Scotland. Aye. <laughs> like, what do you expect? And, um, yeah, we would just drink wine. Any day, any days Amazing. off, you know, we just end up drinking wine. So it was, it was a good experience. See, every, everybody talks about the the Spanish attitude of siempre mañana, siempre hacemos mañana. It's always like tomorrow we'll do it. We'll always just do it tomorrow. Yeah. And people get annoyed. Um, and I don't know if it's like a northern versus southern European thing where we're like, no, you need to be, you know, use your time in the correct way. Get things done. Work, work, work. Aye. Whereas yeah. they're like, well, 
that's not the full reason for living. Obviously, it's good to have a balance and it's good to have a drive and it's good to work hard and it's good to achieve things and get things done. But also, you need to strike that balance, don't you? Of You need to actually enjoy your life. You you don't exist just purely to work. To work, I know. I think there's this toxic um, concept or ideology which has kind of seeped into our way of thinking where people are competing to see who can be the busiest. And look at all the things I've done and it's like, well... I mean, I admire your your um, effort and your work ethic. However, you're making somebody else richer. Again, I'm not saying so. Therefore, just don't work. But it's yeah, like yeah. if I if I and I'll ask you this question, but I always say to people like if if you were to find out, and it's hard to put yourself in this mindset. It is hard unless it's happened to you. But if you were to find out you had a week left to live, first of all, how would you spend your next seven days? You wouldn't spend it grafting for somebody no. else. You. Would probably wouldn't worry about certain things, and also, if I was to say you've got seven days left to live, would you be satisfied with how you'd spent the previous year, two or three? And it's not to say that every single day should be a party, and you're like, you should be drinking wine in a Sicilian yeah. farm, <laughs> but you need to at least do that for a for a. Do you know what I mean by yeah, that? Like a small part. How how if I was to ask you that question, we'll go from from 2017 to now. You alluded to earlier that there are pals of yours that have hit certain milestones in their lives, mm-hmm. which maybe society would expect that we all should have. But if I ask you that question, since going to Australia, how satisfied and happy are you with the way that you've lived your life, the things that you've done and the choices that you've made? Extremely happy. And why is that? Because I've experienced so many things, met so many amazing people. Mm-hmm. Like That's one of the biggest things that I love about travelling is like the people you meet like I've got friends all over the world now and the stories they tell you sometimes you just can't believe mm-hmm. like you know yeah and now you've got a pal in Bolo- so when you rock up in a place like Bologna I don't think I know MD for Bologna <laughs> I know people feel all over but I don't know MD for Bologna yeah and that all comes for you I don't know clicking confirm when you're booking your ticket to Australia setting foot in the plane and it just opens up this whole world of possibilities yeah. to you and you know obviously we are talking because we are kind of connecting over the travel aspect and, and doing these kind of exciting things but also that's because that's what makes us feel happy and fulfilled Yeah. likewise on the flip side there'll be somebody going oh, fuck that I can't be asked for that yeah. I love my job I love my house uh-huh. I love my car and I'm like that's great brilliant uh-huh. Great, that's great for you, and and you you do that. That nobody should be listening to this going, oh no, I need to leave my wife, or leave my husband, <laughs> and like go and work on a, <laughs> a farm in Australia. That's not for everybody. But yeah. I think the 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 core point is whatever your instinct tells you. If your instinct tells you to go for a coffee right now, I kind of am like go and do it. Don't sit and guess it. Hi. But if your instinct also says. I need to go and out and go to another country and go and do it. It's like, go and do it. Don't worry about, no, because actually I should have a house. I should have this, I should have that. I've had a weird thing maybe over the last few weeks where I've become quite excruciatingly aware of how finite time on earth is. Yeah. And I don't know if it's because I've hit 30. And I'm like, I interviewed somebody recently and he talked about his life being in three acts and he's now in the final stage of the third act. And I was like, oh, that kind of struck a chord to me. And mm-hmm. going, that first one, let's just say I live to be 90. 
the first 33% of my life is done. Yeah. And I'm now no longer in it. I'm looking back on it and going, that chapter's finished and I've now got this next bit and I'm going, what do I really prioritise or what do I really find important? Am I really worrying about certain like frivolities of life? Nah, not really. I'm not really that first. I'm now just thinking about, am I being true to myself? Am I enjoying kind of what I'm getting up to? Uh, every day, do I enjoy most days? Do I feel personally content, fulfilled? The answer is yes. So I'm like, I am. I'm, I'm kind of doing all right, and I feel like you're kind of the same. Yeah. Um, what do you hope to do now that say things are lifting? Let's just say in six months, there's no. I don't know. It's fucking wishful thinking, no. right? But just for the purposes of making the point, six months restrictions are kind of gone. What are you what are you doing? I'm gonna go back to Italy. Oh, you're going back yeah, to Italy, right? Going back, yeah. Um so you'll be surprised at this, but I managed to get Italian residency. So nice. I had to do it before Brexit. It was yeah. a pure rush to get it done. And I just had to basically like show that I was staying somewhere and that I had enough money in the bank yeah. or that I had a job. Um, the farmer Adriano like he helped me with it I think he's like basically said I'm part of his family I really don't understand it was all obviously in Sicilian Mm -hmm. I would just get taken to the commune and you know they would speak sign a few things sign Mm -hmm. my life away and then he was like okay that's That's you and I was like right so between us I've got Spanish residency you've got Italian I can stay mine if I can stay yours (laughs) we swap swap places Um, yeah that's incredible. So, so yeah, I'm going to go back. I'll go back to the farm as well. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of people, a lot of animals that I want to see. See that? I mean, living, and especially in the good weather, like, each day waking up, you're in a place like Sicily, mm-hmm. where people fly through all over the world to get there, yeah. to spend time there, and that's just your everyday existence. I know. That's so exciting. I know, I'm very lucky. And you're going to just, I feel like you kind of strike me as somebody then that'll just take it for there. And yeah, no, I won't make plans. I don't even know if I'll go to Sicily first, like straight away. I think I'll maybe just do a tour of Italy again, like just maybe back to some places that I liked. Or... Get yourself to the Amalfi Coast. Yeah, definitely. Did That's you... what I thought because I, I could maybe try and squeeze it in, but it was winter. And yeah, I thought, aye, no. I'd rather see it in summer. Definitely. Did um, How did you enjoy Rome? Loved it. I If I was pushed... And my opinion changes all the time. Mm. But I would probably would say Rome is my favourite city on the planet. Yeah, I Earth. couldn't believe, like, oh, see the art. Mind-blowing. The architecture, everything. It gets to a point, every, so anytime I'm in Rome, after a day or two, I'm like, I need to kind of just ignore what I'm, like, when I've just gone from place to place. Otherwise, I'll never get anywhere. Yeah. Because you're constantly stopping. I'm holding my ha- head in my hands and going, I can't believe that. Yeah. Like, I can't believe that's there. Did you go to the Vatican City? Aye. Yeah, oh, that's amazing. The, I get a selfie with the Pope. <gasps> if anybody wants to see the... Do you want to see it? Yeah. If anybody wants to see the picture of me and the Pope, um, give me a shout. A How shout, did you manage that? I'll show you. So literally just rocked up to um, St. Peter's Square and uh, saw the crowds and it was a Sunday and I was like, oh, fucking hell, the Pope's coming out. <laughs> Um, I'll need to hang about where did I I think I figured it recently and so I know this is boring listening for anybody so I apologise but um, I'm just going to show Jen this picture of me and Pope Francis and he's looking right, you you can be witness to this because he's looking right down the camera and it was he actually stopped right beside us and um, 
they took a baby. There was a couple standing beside me, mm-hmm. and the security guard took, or the security guy took the baby, and then the Pope blessed the baby and all that. But right. he came right over, right. and it was like honestly, I could have touched him, and it was the weirdest thing. Um, right here, it's here. Look at him. Oh my god! He's actually looking. Right, how nuts is that? <laughs> he is looking. He's smiling. He's and smiling. He's got his wee hand. His up. hand up. And he's waving. And he's looking right down the bar of the camera. Just in in the moment, as you can, you can confirm that he's about what seven yards away yeah. there. Just You've got a in, nice tan there. Uh, thanks. That's <laughs> uh, a Barcelona tan. And just in that moment, he's passing, and uh, he's seen me holding the camera up, and he's just looked right down. It's nuts. So. Basically, I've, I know Pope Francis. Yeah, basically, he'll be on the podcast next. Aye. Um, did, aye the Vatican, did you do a tour of the Vatican? Yeah, it's amazing. E- even, even if you're not religious, if you're not Catholic, for me, it was the the size, the detail, the intricacy, the tunnels, the the floors, the artwork, the artefacts, all these things, and you're just like... The Sistine Chapel. Oh, aye. And you're like, how did they build this I know. all that time ago? It's like, honestly, like something. It's like something out of film. Yeah, it it's, took my breath away. Like aye. I didn't think I'd ever feel that way about, like you know, art or. Aye, it's, I think you're looking and going, "Oh, that's two thousand years old. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's like for Greece twenty five hundred years ago." Amazing. Uh, uh, incredible, an incredible place. Um, well, I've loved hearing about about your time in Australia and your time in. Uh, in Italy and, and kind of what's to come I hope I think people will have enjoyed us trying to kind of get to the sort of root or the point of the conversation I wanted to get to mm-hmm. and that off there's the back there's no blueprint to life there is no blueprint to life no like only you can decide it and I think the biggest biggest or the only real barometer of success that exists is are you happy yeah. Are you content? I are think you that. are you fulfilled? There you go, you're successful then. <laughs> and uh aye, that is a nice way to, to sort of wrap it up. I suppose. Thanks very much for Thanks for having me. No, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for indulging me as I just talk shit. Sorry I, <laughs> sorry I spoke about myself, but it, it was relevant. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just pretend it was relevant. <laughs> it was. It, it was. And thank you for listening and we'll be back as always with another episode of Leathered soon. Cheers. Leathered was written, recorded and produced by Sean McDonald in association with The Big Light. Music and post-production by Brian McAlpine and for more information, go to thebiglight.com. If you like this podcast, please check out all our other series including Talk Media, You Could Start a Fight in an Empty House, Talking Derry Girls, Brave Your Day, The Tartan Noir Show, Double Scotch, Great Scott, Trust Me I'm a Leader, Unearthed, A Sonic Hug and Old School. All on the Big Light, Scotland's podcast network. From the Big Light Studio.